Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Get The Behind Me, the wildly inconsistent as to who's on it uh, show where we talk about the hit series Left Behind. And I say hit because I'm hitting myself about the fact that when it came out, I was still a teenager and podcasts weren't invented yet because I would love to have done this in a timely fashion. Uh, as we can see, Courtney there has got a hardcover copy of this terrible, terrible book um, so that she can very conveniently wang herself in the head every time she comes across something stupid. So joining me today uh, on our ever-rotating panel of guests are the eternal, the permanent, the unending and forever, Courtney Fraley. Hi. And up in what is to me the left corner, we have ourselves a Tim. Hi, I'm a Tim. That'd be me. Yay! Yay. I do the thing. Yeah, we're doing the thing. Things are fun. Uh, long time, <laughs> long time listeners slash viewers of our programs will have seen both of these people pop up all the time in other places. So um, now we have created the greatest crossover event in unfinished community history. <laughs> the unfinished CU. It's fine. <laughs> so with that said, let's uh, let's quick recap where we left off. So our first four episodes we started with an intro to the book in general and then we did the first three chapters and at the end of chapter three where we have left off is that our plane has landed uh amidst the burning wreckage of dozens of other planes that nobody seems to give a shit about um and let's see everybody got off the plane uh rayford walked himself dutifully to the airport because he is a man who is an airline pilot and Ireland pilots walk. His first officer did not and immediately committed suicide over the guilt related to it um, because that's how this book is written. Uh, at the same time, uh, Buck Williams, our phallically named secondary hero, uh, has uh, completely failed at using an inflatable slide, which indicates to us the fact that he was probably never a child. Wanged his head real good, hit the ground, and is back in the airport trying to do his super important in the middle of the rapture job of investigating the Jewish man who happens to have Miracle Grow and figuring out what's up with all this UN stuff related to currency exchanges, because that's what's important in the middle of an apocalypse. Today, we are going to pick up on chapter four, where we're following, we're starting with Buck. Starting to get Star Wars prequel vibes. This is not what anyone came to this situation no, for. <laughs> this is not what we showed up for. Uh, so picking up chapter four, Buck is going to be still trying to figure his stuff out and being miraculously tended to because as an award-winning journalist, he's clearly a superhero. Um, of course. And at the same time, our, our boy Rayford uh, of the fully loaded 747 fame uh is making his way back home to find out that his wife and son who are crispy christians have disappeared um so from now we we pick it up so the two of you ha have at least pre-read the chapter a little bit right uh, yes. I, yeah all right so before I read we read start... it a long time ago like properly a long time ago and then i read it again like a few months ago yeah so before we kind of properly dig into it uh first impressions it's a fun chapter the rapture special yeah exactly i i do i do say this as, as a love for our our and i'm going to say the term loosely here authors um i i love the fact that they tend to start out most chapters with an unintentionally hilarious line or phrase that gives us something that we could title the video um it yeah. makes my job so much easier <laughs> yeah title done 
So what about you, Courtney? Any any fun uh, first impressions? Oh, God. Um, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, but it feels vaguely masturbatory. <laughs> We're going to see some of that. Um, <laughs> Not vaguely. It's I, say, I don't remember if it's this chapter or the, I think it's chapter five, actually, where we have um, Buck calling around to various people and he finds a teenage boy at home by himself because everyone else got rapture. I'm pretty sure he was being vaguely masturbatory when that rapture came. Oh, yeah. <sighs> I'm pretty sure that's the implication there. But anyway, so we start out with uh, Buck treating his head wound like a man as he's continuing to check his voicemail because that's the most important thing to do in this moment. Uh, when a doctor comes out of nowhere... <laughs> To say, yeah. hey, you look important. Let me treat your head wound. Where was this doctor on the flight, anywhere near them in any prior chapter? This man's just like, hi, I'm a doctor. Like, And I, I have to remind you, there are multiple instances of burning wreckage, screaming bodies and everything right outside. Like, but why this is this man. doctor here at the payphone? like, oh, hey, you look important. Let me treat your minor head wound. I heard you talking Plot about- contrivance. Don't ask too many questions. <laughs> And then it immediately jumps right into Evangelical Scare Tactic 101, Rapture Special, as we might call it. Uh, by the way, do you have AIDS? Right. It's like such a jump. <laughs> like, I mean, I admit it that we were kind of closer to the AIDS scare in the 90s when this came out. So some of that I can forgive for the Some of that I can forgive for the time. But like, if you're a doctor running around treating people, like, you've got fucking gloves, right? Like... <laughs> I mean, he he actually says that right there like do you have aids snaps on a rubber glove not that it matters i just like to pry right. i just need to know well and like what why not just any bloodborne illnesses i should know about like right which is like an actual doctor a lot more it. easily wait 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 unless he's using <laughs> It's got to be AIDS because he, that, that that must just be like how he you, says that with his patients then too, that it comes out like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, like. Yeah, I just want to make sure you're not one of the gays. Yeah, but the gays. There, it makes its appearance in yet another uh, show that I find myself on of yours. I like, I, I have to call attention to the like borderline pornographic language use in this exchange. Uh, yo, take it easy. Be a big boy there, stud. Like, the hell is this doctor? Who speaks like that? That was my question. It's like, who talks like this doctor? This is a one-line machine just dropping the most, like, pseudo- it, This doctor is... <laughs> this doctor feels like uh, Bones from the Star Star Trek reboot. Yeah, except way badly written. Like, even Bones would be not like, be a big boy, that stud. Like, may like maybe, maybe, that. here's my thought. Here, here's my, my little headcanon here. The doctor wasn't asking about AIDS because, like, he's homophobic. The doctor was asking about AIDS because he's gay and is trying to hit on him. <laughs> I enjoyed that theory. That, that's yeah, my that comes to gay agenda again. Yep. I mean, uh, that, pride is canceled. We've scheduled wrath this year. Yep. That's pretty much it. Um, <laughs> and again, as we get through the, this, this remaining section, which is pretty much just about treating Buck's head wound, because that's something we need to take an entire section of the chapter about. Of course. Um, 
we also end with a fucking flight attendant rocking up. And I say flight attendant because that's what they're calling him here. Um, like who just rocks up and like, you can't do that in public. And like, <laughs> like the back and forth over this is just like, why don't you give them their drinks and not like, what kind of like patronizing bullshit is this? This is the kind of thing that's written by somebody who thinks of service industry workers as parts in a machine rather than mm -hmm. human beings because they are yeah. all continuing to just do their jobs mm -hmm. like good little workers. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like some, not human. Probably. Yeah. You know, all of them? No. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you really going to have a service worker on the phones in the airport? Attention, passengers. We are currently experiencing an apocalypse. Please wait in an orderly... No, they're going to be screaming and running out of the joint trying to find their family. Like, she's not going to be bugging around like, you have to keep this place clean. That's not appropriate in public. Who does that? Right. And we're keeping clean the runway and airport where there are burning planes and dying people. Yeah. This... This is the big deal. The man with a gash on the back of his head. Like even assuming for a moment, yeah, even course. assuming, even assuming for just a moment that this flight attendant would be here trying to do her job of keeping things clean and whatnot. Um, like there's still a priority list on how to handle those stuff. And as you point out, there's burning wreckage, dead bodies, people screaming in the hallways. Why is guy here getting a little antiseptic on his head? Why is that the thing you're focusing on? On multiple literary levels, this doesn't make sense. I mean, she clearly noticed that he didn't have any drinks or peanuts. So she had to make her way over. Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> like, this isn't even, like, literary logic. This is robot in a Douglas Adams book logic here. You're not wrong. I mean, honestly, after that point, you just have to deal with reading Buck's emails. Mm -hmm. Although yeah. there are, I will say... Because that's that. how I like to pass my... By reading imaginary emails between different people. Yeah. I will say, as we get into this, though, there are some gems in these emails, though. Mm -hmm. Like, so, some lines. Like, as I was, we were talking a bit about this uh, earlier on before we started recording. What is arguably my favorite line in all of the books happens in this uh, email from the matronly Marge Potter here, uh, which is the <laughs> next thing that we get here. First off, she just leads in by saying, Buck, you scoundrel, like you're 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 going after the women. Oh ho ho. Like again, it's an apocalypse. Why the hell are you even answering emails? But assuming that you are, why are you making fun of him for trying to check on somebody? Like, isn't everybody trying to help at this point? Oh, right. In the evangelical world, all the good people are gone. Right. And oh, the only reason that you would ever help somebody find uh find their family is if you were trying to bang. <laughs> yeah. If you're not a Christian, the only reason you might try to help someone is to get your dick wet, which, you know, is how they think of non-evangelicals. But we get through this and we get to what is probably my favorite line where Marge, in the middle of a very terse email in the middle of the apocalypse, starts kind of waxing poetic on what may have happened here. And she says, have you noticed it seems to have struck the innocence? Everyone we know who's gone is either a child or a very nice person. It's like no one else. All like, the nice people gone. Everybody yeah. else, dick. Mind you, <laughs> in this, in, in the context of the book, the ones who have disappeared are all of the extremist evangelicals. Not like Christians, just extremist evangelicals who are historically very nice people. Sounds made up. 
you know, the dispensation. As someone who's worked as a barista on a Sunday morning, no. Yeah. (laughs) And to be clear, these are the dispensationalists, like the extreme right-wing evangelicals who are behind this stuff. These are the ones who, and this is their actual theology, believe that they don't have to do any good things in this life because the laws of Jesus and his teachings apply to after the rapture and not right now. So now I can do whatever the fuck I want. Like, and they're the very nice people who disappeared. I want to like, talk, I, no, go ahead. I just wanted to toss something general in here. And um, it's something that I've heard as feedback on, on the show. And that's that, you know, this is supposed to be a fiction story, right? And yeah, but the whole idea of it is it's like, it was presented at least at the time. Um, Cause I read these books as they were coming out. I thought they were super cool. Um, I was just a teenager, but <laughs> Um, they were sold and presented as like, you know, what might life be like for people experiencing the actual rapture when it does happen? Because it'll be a lot like this. These are made up characters and such, but it, it had a vibe like, like Titanic where it's like, yeah, the whole thing happened, but you know, no Kate and Leo. And this was presented at the time, like I remember these exact words, a fictional story in a non-fictional future. That's how it was presented to us as something that is definitely going to happen in this exact way, ripped from the pages of the Bible. This is an accurate prediction of exactly what the Bible says the future is going to be. So yes, this is a fictional story, but the suspension of disbelief that they were asking for is significantly lower than in any other type of fictional story. They're expecting us to take this as a uh, uh, like a fictionalization of a true era. So yeah, I'm not going to be as kind to these guys as I would be about like if I were reading a Star Trek novel or something. You know, obviously I love. Well, them. you can tell how they're how they cite they practically sit there and cite chapter and verse like where they're referencing all these different things coming from, mm-hmm. and they're going to put weird obscure your bits of um i'm going to put in quotes prophecy um from the bible because we've had the discussion about what prophecy is and it's not talking it's not telling the future it's not that's not, that, the that's future. not how any of this works <laughs> um man we've all been fed a big pile of steamy shit for a long time <laughs> yep and we sorry it gets could... me every once in a while and i'm like Damn it! We could spend a while going into the construction of Schofieldism and the evangelical heresies and all that, uh, but we already did that. So if you're wondering about our positions on that, go back to the first video because holy crap, we spend some time on that. And if you'd like to dig in yeah. e- into even further detail on that, join us for our monthly Bible study where we're tearing into the book of <laughs> Revelation and having these same conversations. But as for the book itself, is bullshit. Like <laughs> this whole thing is it's presented as if it were nonfiction, but it is more fictitious even than actual fiction. Like they're not even consistent by their own established set of rules. And they're also from a literary standpoint, not consistent with how human beings behave ever, let alone in times of crisis. Yeah. It's poorly written and it's got a shitty agenda. Yeah, that's pretty much (laughs) it. Um, So, we roll on. Um, we've got the email from from Matronly Marge, and <laughs> after all of that, Buck's first reaction is no word on whether she's been able to reach Buck's widowed father or married brother. Like immediately, it's all about him. Didn't give a shit about her, 
And this is something that we're going to come back to again and again and again with these characters. And spoiler alert, in later books, they all convert to Christianity. Uh, pretty big air quotes. They call it Christianity. It really isn't. Um, but they all convert. But this defining element of them, this core self-obsessed, self-centeredness, never goes away. Like, that is not considered a negative aspect of them that disappears when they find religion. That's just how men behave in this world. Um, so, yeah, be prepared for that shit. Um, so... It keeps coming. <laughs> yep. We get this. We We do the bit with Marge. The doctor assumed it was the rapture, and that's the only reference we have to that. He doesn't even explore the idea that it will be the rapture. It just kind of rolls around. Steve poo-pooed space aliens, yada, yada. It's just kind of bucking his head for a while here. Mm -hmm. um, so we move on, and any do we have anything else we want to rant about Buck's little bit here before we kick back to our fully loaded Rayford here? Uh, and no, I'm never going to stop referencing that, by the way, because that's the best line of, of the book so far. <laughs> Um, it starts out strong and it's all downhill from there. It's all downhill from here. It sounds like most experiences with men like that. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right. So then let's. Fantastic. <laughs> let's kick it over to Rayford then. Um, so here we have what could be the best moment in a book like this. Like. <laughs> Obviously, at this point, Rayford accepted the kindness of strangers while act being completely immersed in himself and not actually regarding her much as a human uh, that's, being. That's, that's the prelude to it, like Rayford being a jack, <laughs> kind of like the theme of this entire series, right up until the very end, where he looks at bloody Jesus killing people left and right and says, "Yeah, this is my God." Um, like <laughs> Rambo um, Jesus. So that's kind of a thread that goes through. But this whole setup here is to Rayford getting back to his house and discovering something he probably should have figured out already, which is that his wife and kid are gone. Um, now, yeah. if I mean, they were... heavily imply in the text that he's figured it out, they, um, yeah, that but... he's figured it out, but he's, he's holding out hope. And it's, it's implied but as also... soon as he gets home, it's like, no, yeah. this is just what I know. It was gonna but be. it's not played that way. Like it's implied. And th this is something I want to be careful of with this text is us reading a constructive intentionality that really isn't there like it is implied from time to time that he's considered this might be the case that he knew the rapture had happened but he's also um just like an yeah, idiot an idiot <laughs> yes thank you that's, that's the word i was looking for he's kind of an idiot about it and the writers could have set this up and laid out like he wanted to believe it it wasn't true but he knew she had said like this cold back and forth. we don't see very much of that it's mostly just like he 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 was looking for confirmation or like he believed it wasn't the case or he was lying to him like no like he's not an idiot he shouldn't be an idiot but he is but and this is supposed to be dramatic this is the closest to an emotional gut punch that we get um but we have to stop for a minute in the first place and see, let's see, he gets off his helicopter, he stops to talk to a random woman and be vaguely racist about the Asian girl on Channel 7 News. Um, because of Was course. He? Like, it's vague in like the most flexible sense of the word. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I'll have to look it up. They dedicated the new newscast to her today. The whole thing, like they're still even doing a newscast, still baffled me. But they they take the entire newscast for one person and their family who disappeared. Like, but still, this this centering of people in power, which is some like even the, the people who aren't related, anybody who has a position of visibility, fame, or power in this universe is immediately centered in a way that makes no sense. And this is just another example of that. Like, there's no way in hell that they would dedicate, even if they were still doing newscasts, that they would dedicate an entire new newscast. uh, And again, that's back when new newscasts were a thing, to fucking one person when half the planets disappeared, supposedly. Like, that kind of centering wouldn't make any sense. I, I took a different meaning from that. Dedicated right. as in, like, in memoriam. Fair. I can, I can see that. I Yeah, that's what I took, and I'm like, no, that's that makes total sense. <laughs> that, because I, 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 found the, the, of... I found the piece in it, and, and the newscaster and her whole family are gone. Mm-hmm. So they, they just, it just said that they dedicated it to her. It didn't say that the whole thing was about them. Fair. It's one of those where dedicated can be more than one thing. That's honestly yeah. how I read it. That that's a that's a fair take. I'll, I'll I'll credit that. I I tend to read it the other way because, as I mentioned, this almost insane centering of anybody with a position of power and authority in the universe would tend me to believe the author's intent was the other way. But it's also yeah, you're right. It's it's fair to read it that way too. Um, and so let's move on because this could be the authors being stupid or there could be them being legit. So. We roll on. Yeah, um, you don't have to look hard to nitpick on these guys. There's, there's no, plenty you of don't. There's enough to here. be had. Um, so we get into the house itself, um, <laughs> and as we're doing this, and, and Courtney, I'm going to leave this for you to have as many incredulous reactions as you'd like, um, because this whole lead up here is an unintentional critique, I guess you could say, or an unintentional praising from their intent of what they consider a good Christian woman to be. Because he's Oh described- yeah, no, I hate this. I hate this part of the book. <laughs> it's it's terrible. Like the first, <laughs> um the first line, how he knows his wife isn't there is that he smells burned coffee. How dare she? I'm getting my belt. Like, he's not gonna know where to find it she's not there oh god you're right <laughs> like there's just so much terrible like his first mention of his of his wife when he steps into the house is irene was a fastidious housekeeper like everything he thinks about her is like this unflattering servant <laughs> yeah exactly like i mean that is almost almost abrahamic if you'll forgive the back to basics reference in the way that we seem to respect women here. Um, Irene was a fastidious housekeeper. Her morning routine included the coffee pot on a timer, kicking on at six, percolating her special blend of decaf with an egg. Okay, side note, what the hell? I I, I read that as the egg is separate, but I see where you're going. <laughs> like, a good writer would have put the, like... The, it really, it, de- it definitely does. I jumped in for them before. I'll jump in for your reading of this here. That that reads exactly like she makes her egg with her coffee. 
yeah Just like in <laughs> i mean because there's no description like the coffee's on a timer so we're assuming that it's the smell and one that's meant to wake her up but her special blend of decaf with an egg like it reads like the eggs in the coffee pot like what or the Are egg we... is in the coffee cup and it is poached in the coffee <laughs> that sounds that sounds like one of those things that is like should be terrible but it might all like I'm also I'm almost tempted to try it because if like there's a part of me that's like is this the real evangelical secret here? Do you if you poach an egg in coffee, do you get like caffeinated breakfast that it's somehow awesome? Hmm. You want me to try this party. and film it? Oh God, <laughs> there there is our first entry into TikTok, right? Pastor Don poaches an egg in coffee because Left Behind <laughs> told him to. But the second TikTok we do is funeral of Pastor Don. So. Yeah, fine. It's fine. It's a series. It's a two-part series, but it's a series. There we go. Um. So no. Yeah. Oh yeah, a, a TikTok series of us doing stupid things that we read in the Left Behind books. Oh no, no, one of us ends up dead. It's let's not go. It there. wouldn't be long. <laughs> so yeah. Um. So we've got the packet, the, the care package she sent him that's heavily featured as he wanders about the house wondering where his maid is. Um, da, da, da. Um, he wanted above all else for her to have seen her dream realized, for her to have been taken away by Jesus in the twinkling of an eye, a thrilling, painless journey to his side in heaven, as she always loved to say. Like, side note, and I really need to, to stress this, that doesn't come from the Bible. Like, that whole concept of disappearing to come to Jesus aside in the twinkle of an eye, that's not biblical. Like that comes from like a couple of pieces of old Protestant theology knock the idea around, but that's entirely beyond that, a modern evangelical invention. Like that's not a piece of Christian theology. So if she was being taught that that was a literal thing that was going to happen, whatever she was attending was not a Christian church. It was a cult. Listen, I need you to stop telling me that I grew up in a cult. I'm aware. You don't have to keep bringing it up. It's not for you. It's for them. But it feels like it's at me. It may not be for me, but it's at me. Look, I'm the one who's meant to say it. You can verify it because you grew up in it. Uh, like, seriously, these books were taught to me as theology. I swear, as my parents were reading them as they came out, they taught us kids like, hey, you really need to pay attention to what's in this book. This is how it's going to work. And it's like, cool, all the planes are going to crash? Like, great. I really appreciate that, Mom. <laughs> yeah, and they, they even did that in the mainline churches, which talks to me about how that parasite of evangelicalism is spread through the mainline churches. That's a whole nother video for conversation. But mm -hmm. I remember my first encounter with this was, okay, so you're saying a loving God is going to open up the end of the world with murdering everybody who happens to be in a plane and doesn't love him enough. Yep. Like that something about that doesn't track. Yeah, that's the math ain't mathin'. Yeah. Anyway, uh in the meantime, those of you who've been following along, thanks for sticking around with us. Um we've got a lot going on. This this video series is part of what we're doing at Unfinished Community, which is our, our church community that is both online and in person. We've got Bible studies coming up, we've got worship services coming up. All of this you can find at the website that is linked below. 
Um, I, as much as I appreciate, I love a parasocial relationship as much as the next guy, but, uh, <laughs> we're unique in the fact that you can have an actual relationship with all of us. If you join the discord server and get to talking with the community, we actually respond to people and have conversations and whatnot about the Bible yeah. and Christian things. It's crazy. Yeah, you want to do yeah I'm, I'm just a person this isn't this isn't a character i'm just weird <laughs> yeah we're all normally like this geeks and freaks alike and that's okay because god loves us all so come join us in the community and hopefully we will see you in the next episode bye everybody bye. peace